0: You know, we're talking about prayer, and I'm going to talk to you about a particular kind of prayer today that I think we often forget about, and that's persevering prayer. The prayer that perseveres doesn't quit, doesn't give up, doesn't put up the white flag, doesn't walk away in unbelief, but stays with it until the answer comes. So we're going to read a little parable from Jesus starting at Luke 18, verse 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke 18, verse 1. And Jesus is going to tell us exactly why he's giving this parable in the very first verse. It says, he spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. So the reason for this parable is that we would persevere in prayer and not lose heart. So let's read the parable. Now, it says, There was in a city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. So this judge was, was really uh, a very unlikable man. I don't fear God, I don't care about people. And then it goes on. Uh, and there was a widow, second character in the parable, in that city, and she came to him and said to him and said, Get justice for me. From my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wears me out. That's the idea. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. Shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out? day and night to him, though he bears long with them. And then it goes on, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, and this question has always haunted me. Why would Jesus ask this last question? Look what he said. When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? In the context, he's saying, when I finally appear, am I going to find a praying church? Am I going to find a church that is stayed with prayer, or a church that fainted in prayer? That's the idea. Why would Jesus ask it? Well, how many of you want to say, when he comes, he's going to find me in prayer? Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for this word on perseverance. and We need your word, Lord. I need your anointing. I can't do this without you. I cannot minister truth without you. Lord, grace me to communicate and grace the hearers to truly hear lord we need to be changed by your word rearranged by your word renewed by your word our prayer lives need to be lifted up to another level and my prayer lord is that our prayer lives will be lifted to a new level and i thank you for it in jesus name amen tell your neighbor i believe you heard that prayer God bless you. You can be seated. The prayer of perseverance. Now, last time we talked about three ways that God always answers prayer. And what are they? He says either yes or no or wait. God always answers prayer. Just like you as a parent always ask, uh, answer a request from your children. You either say yes, you say no, or you say wait, or you say you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> but either way. We answer, don't we? We don't just look at our kid with a blank face and walk away. We answer. And God answers. Yes, no, or wait. But there's another way that God answers. And it's connected to the wait part. And that is that God answers prayer by telling us to persevere. God answers by saying, Yes, it's a wait time, and there's reasons for the wait time. But while you're waiting, I want you to persevere. I want you to persevere in the place of prayer. Now, I'm sharing this series on prayer because the only thing left as far as hope for our country is prayer and hope for the church is prayer. And you know what? Hope for some of the issues in your life is prayer. Prayer is the only thing that's going to do it. Prayer is the only thing that's going to move that mountain, lift that valley, walk you through that oven. Prayer. Prayer is the only thing that's going to change that child, change that circumstance, open that door, make a way where there is no way. The only way it's going to happen is prayer. Not complaining, whining, moaning, groaning. Prayer. And sometimes it's going to take persevering prayer, the prayer that perseveres. While we're waiting on God to answer a prayer, he, he said, yes, but wait. And then you're waiting, persevere. While you're waiting and persevering, understand waiting on God is not a passive twiddle your thumb, do nothing thing that the believer does. No, no, that's not what waiting on God is. Waiting on God is a verb. Waiting on God is an action. Waiting on God is doing something. We wait in faith. We wait in obedience. We wait expecting. I, 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 am, I am filled with expectation today like a pregnant person. Don't go there. I'm just saying spiritually I feel great with child. Because I'm expecting God to do some things that I've been praying about. Every believer ought to be walking around expecting, pregnant, with anticipation and expectation that God is going to do something in answer to our prayer. So we wait. Now, another word for uh, persevering in prayer is importunity. Isn't that an impressive-sounding word, importunity? We importune God we we are involved in importunate prayer importunity it means literally shameless persistence it is the opposite of being ashamed to come in the presence of God with tuck head and oh Lord you know you probably don't want to answer my prayer but here it is anyway no 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 importunity is shameless persistence it is let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace boldly boldly washed in the blood carrying the name of Jesus standing on the promises instead of sitting on the premises it is it is coming into his presence knowing that because of the blood of the lamb we can come boldly we can come shamelessly shameless persistence is the the prayer of persistence shameless persistence now in this parable Jesus describes what this kind of prayer looks like. He, he, he says this. He, he, here's the picture of the importunate prayer. They are crying to God day and night and night and day. This is not one of those casual kind of, well, Lord, uh, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen. <laughs> this is not a, well, you know, if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. It's not a or okay, a sera, sera. This is a prayer that this person, this importuner, this persistent prayer needs, has to have, must have an answer and they're not going to stop until it comes. Cry to him day and night and night and day. They're praying in the daytime. They're praying at night. They're praying in the midnight hour. They're praying at 2 in the morning. Something must give. Something must be released. Something must happen. There must be a breakthrough. The word cry in the original language is powerful. It's an urgent distress call. An urgent, it's an SOS. It is to summon somebody intensely because you're sorely needing a response of help. And so you're praying sincerely with all of your being. Oh, God, help me. Do it, Lord. It's Hannah. It's it's like Hannah who was weeping so hard in the place of prayer. Eli thought she was drunk. And he said, you need to get off the wine. And she said, I'm not on wine. My heart is broken. I must have a child. I must have a son. I must have a breakthrough. I must conceive. That's the prayer of perseverance. That is, that is what, what Jesus pictured, crying day and night and night and day. That is the persevering prayer. It is Jacob wrestling with the angel all night long, saying, I will not let go until you bless me. Oh, man. This is getting serious with God, serious about that child, serious about that situation, serious about this, hindrance lord i'm not just being religious but i am here to really really pray it is elijah who i'm going to talk about more in a minute but elijah praying again and again and again and again until it rained it is daniel fasting and praying 21 days until the answer finally came it is that persevering dog. I'm not letting go of this until you bless me. Yeah. Yeah. Serious prayer. Kind of praying that a lot of believers ha- have never done. Because we, don't, we think we're going to offend God. Oh, let me assure you, God loves it. The earnest, heartfelt, persistent, listen to James. The earnest, look how he describes persevering prayer, earnest heartfelt. It's from the heart. You're not reading out of a prayer book. You're praying out of your heart. It may not be dignified. It may not be eloquent. It may be comprised of only help me. The prayer of a righteous man, he says, the the earnest, heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Ooh. Spiritual power. Greater than atomic power, greater than a hydrogen bomb, greater than any weapon man has ever devised is the, the power released by prayer. Tremendous power, dynamic in the way that it manifests and moves and works. And James said it's persistent. It, it continues. It's bulldoggy kind of praying. I've got a hold of this bone, and I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to get this prayer answered, Lord. Now, this parable about the unjust judge and the widow follows on the heels. Context here is important. It starts in Luke 1, but if you go back to Luke 17, this prayer about persevering, or this parable about persevering prayer is following on the heels of Jesus' prediction about the last days. Jesus has just Shared some heavy things that were coming, not only on the disciples who were there listening to him, but also things that would be coming in our time, in our day. He said, let me tell you, said the greatest prophet that ever lived, men will be worldly. Religious deception is going to be epidemic. A man of God is going to be as hard to find as they were in Sodom. Universal apathy towards God And his call to repent will be the prevailing attitude of the world when I come back. And persecution of the church is going to grow intense. And right on the heels of those predictions, he said, now let me tell you about the greatest weapon you will have in difficult times. It is the weapon of bold, persistent, unflagging prayer to God. That's the context. He said, being a prayer, a a prayer is going to keep you sane. Being a prayer is going to keep you strong. Being a prayer is going to keep you solid and established and walking and victorious and successful. I'm, I'm giving you one of your great spiritual weapons. You will pray and not faint. Faint means to become cowardly, to give up put up the white flag, lose heart, walk away. Prayer said Jesus is going to be your strength. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. We're living in days and they're getting darker all the time out there. We're living in a time that if you're not a prayer and if you're not in the word, you're not going to make it. You're going to stumble. You're you're not going to know how to handle what is happening in our world. But it says those who do know their God shall be mighty and do exploits. Now, the parable of the unjust judge is really easy to understand. Jesus is contrasting this unjust judge. This, he says, I don't care about God. And I don't care about people. And he's contrasting this unjust judge to our heavenly Father. And his whole point is there is no contrast. If this woman can wear down a judge who could care less about her or care less about God, if, if this widow can wear him down where he gives her what she wants, then your father who loves you and really does care about you will speedily answer you. And when you persevere with him, he hears and he answers. And I love this widow. She said, I'm not going to give up. You know what? I need justice, and I'm not about to walk away. I'm going to bug you until you answer me. And, 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 and Jesus isn't telling us to harass God, but he's, he is telling us a secret. He's saying when it comes to prayer, sometimes you've got to keep on, keep on, keep on, keeping on until a breakthrough comes. So much of Jesus' teaching on prayer has to do with perseverance. His famous words, ask, it shall be given you, seeking you will find, knocking it will be opened to you. In the Greek language... It is ask and keep on asking. His whole message here is perseverance. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Because if you keep on asking and seeking and knocking, you will receive it, the door will open, and, and you will find it. There, there is something about perseverance in prayer. There is something about staying with it and not giving up. And the disciples, they took him at his word. You read just a cursory reading of the New Testament. Give you some examples. Acts 1.14. Right before Pentecost fell, before they even had the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it says they all constantly joined in prayer. And then Colossians four twelve, the apostle Paul exhorts the new church: devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Philippians four five: the Lord is near. So do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. How many things? Everything presents your request to God in everything. And then the warfare chapter, Ephesians 6, 18. After he goes through the whole armor of God, he tags it with a message on prayer. And he says, pray in the spirit on some occasions. Does he say pray in the spirit at Easter time? Does he say particularly pray at Christmas? No, he says pray in the spirit. Say it with me on all occasions. What kinds of prayer? All kinds of prayer and requests. And be alert and always, say it with me, keep on praying for all the saints. If I put all those together, here's the way it is. Constantly devote yourselves in everything on all occasions. Keep on praying for all the saints. Jesus birthed a praying church, not a religious church, a praying church, not a sanctimonious church, a praying church who understood the power of prayer. No wonder they shook the Roman world and turned the world upside down. It happened by prayer. But so often we turn to God in prayer and we quit. Because God doesn't answer in our timetable. And and believe me, you may not know it, but when you pray about something, there's a timetable in your brain already. It'll be about a week, and he answers this. It'll be about a day, and he'll answer this. I just know I'm not going to be dealing with this two months from now. It's going to happen by then. And when it doesn't happen, in our timetable, we say, well, God didn't hear me. And we make a mistake. What God's really saying is persevere. Persevere and trust God my timetable. And don't quit. Don't quit. It it never really does much good to quit. What are you going to quit to? Atheism? What are you going to quit to? Leaving the church? What are you going to quit to? A pity party? It doesn't do any good to quit. A teenager had decided to quit high school saying he was just fed up with it all. His father was trying to convince him to stay with it. So he said, son, you just can't quit. All the people who are remembered in history, son, didn't quit. Abe Lincoln, he didn't quit. Thomas Edison, he didn't quit. And Douglas MacArthur, he didn't quit. And Elmo McCringle, and the son burst in. Who? Who is Elmo McCringle? And the father said, you don't remember him because he quit. (laughs) Listen, when it comes to prayer, We need to be more like a postage stamp that sticks to a thing until it gets there. Jesus is telling us something about prayer. That sometimes you've just got to stay with it no matter what you see or don't see. I believe too often we assume God's not answering the prayer and we just walk away. And it was really a matter of persevering, not God saying no. Now sometimes he does say no. And my experience has been when he says no, it doesn't take me long to get it. God said no. But then there are other times when I pray, and I'm praying about some things right now and have been praying for a long time about some things, and the answer hasn't come yet. But but there's not a witness in my heart to quit. There's not a witness in my heart that he has said no. The witness is persevere because the fire for it hasn't left me. Okay? Jesus is saying don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Even when it seems that God's not answering your prayer, even when it seems he's even working against your prayer, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. A great quote from author Andrew Murray. I found this. i got to read it. It's worth reading. Here's what he says about persevering in prayer. When faith has taken its stand upon God's word and the name of Jesus and has yielded itself to the leading of the Spirit to seek only God's will and honor in its prayer. It, that being faith, need not be discouraged by delay. It knows from Scripture that the power of believing prayer is simply irresistible. Real faith, Can never be disappointed. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. He that comes to God must believe that He is, and He's a rewarder of those that seek Him earnestly. Faith is not moved by things it cannot see. Faith is not moved by delay. Faith is not moved by the passing of time. Faith is not moved by obstacles. Prayer warrior George Mueller talked about the greatest persevering prayer of his entire life. I couldn't believe this when I read it, but it's in his biography. Here you go. He writes, the, and by the way, George Mueller had an orphanage in London in the 1800s. He was a contemporary of Charles Spurgeon, and he, and he had hundreds of kids he took care of every day, and not one time did he ever take up an offering, not once He went into prayer every morning before the sun rose and prayed their needs in. And he writes this. The great point is never to give up until the answer comes. I'm going to read that again. The great point is never to give up until the answer comes. Listen to what he says. I have been praying. I'm reading this right. I have been praying 63 years and eight months for one man's conversion. How many of us would have fainted before then? He is not saved yet, but he will be. How can it be otherwise? I am praying. Now he goes on. The biography goes on. The day came when Mueller's friend received Christ. He did indeed. But it didn't come until Mueller's coffin was being lowered into the grave at his funeral. This friend that he had prayed for for 63 years and some change went to the funeral, saw the lifeless body of his friend going down into the tomb, thought about his godly life, fell under conviction, and got saved. There at the funeral. God answers prayers of dead people. Listen, prayers go on in time. Prayers go on as a force. Prayers keep working even after we're gone. He didn't give up. Some of you have not gotten a no from God. You've gotten a wait, and then attached to that, you have gotten the word from the Lord. Persevere. Stay with it. Don't give up. Say with Jacob, I will not let go till you bless me. Now, let me give you three simple reasons to persevere in prayer today. Here they are. One, persevering prayer, I believe, accumulates in heaven. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. In John's Revelation, he describes an angel in heaven with a golden censer. This is so powerful, I'm reading right out of Revelation 8. An angel in heaven with a golden censer that came and stood at the altar and a great quantity of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers, plural, of God's people yes, that's right. to offer upon the golden altar before the throne as if they were worship. Your prayers are precious to God. They are stored in heaven. They are in a bowl. They are like worship to his nostrils. God is is moved by accumulated, because it look what it says, the perfume of the incense mixed with prayers ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. And the context here is this reveals that the accumulated, persistent prayers of God's people over a long period of time had finally reached a point of ripe fullness, and God answered in power. If you read Revelation 8, he begins to pour out his judgments and power upon the earth. And what did it? These accumulated prayers, like wave after wave in the ocean, hitting the shore, hitting the shore, washing up into the presence of God until finally it was answered. The person who said, and I've heard people teach this, that if you pray more than once for something it's not of faith, that person knew nothing about what the Bible teaches about prayer. Because real faith will keep on coming. Real faith will keep on asking and seeking and knocking. Here's the deal. We Americans, most most Americans, see prayer like a microwave meal, because that's the way we get everything else. I love microwaves. Kathy will say, why don't you put it in the pan? I don't want to. The microwave will give it to me quicker. But it will taste better from the pan. I don't care. I want it quicker. So here's what we do with prayer. I give God my request. This is the way we think. I'm going to give God my request. I'm going to hit the 60-second button, and out will come my answer. And that's the way I expect God to move. Jump, God. But let me give you another way to look at Prayer. Because sometimes God does indeed say, Yes, here it is. But how about looking at your prayer like a seed that goes down into the ground, lies dormant for a while, then it puts down little roots and finally breaks up from the ground and blossoms? Some prayers are just like that like the daily watering of a flower, a seed finally brings it bursting above the ground in beautiful display. It wasn't that way at first. You couldn't even see. It looked like nothing was happening. So the daily persistence of a praying person waters the request until it is answered. All the prayer need do is patiently water the request with persevering prayer. In other words... Some of the best answers to prayer take time. They just take time. Well, how come, Jeff? I don't know. But I know they do. Andrew Murray writes again. He says, be assured that if God waits longer than you could wish, it's only to make the blessing doubly precious. So one reason to persevere in prayer is they are accumulating. They're accumulating. And as you persevere, you're watering that request. Until it reaches the ripe moment when God says, Done. Now, there's a second reason to persevere, and I like this one. This one's so true. This came out of the crucible of my own experience. While preparing the answer for you, God's also preparing you for the answer. Oh, yeah. We don't think about that much. We think, oh, I just want what I want when I want it. Lord, give it to me now. And we don't realize God looks down and says, if I gave you what you're asking for right now, it would blow you apart. You would not be able to handle it. It would destroy you. It would wipe you out because you're asking for a big thing. There are things that we pray for that are absolutely within the framework of God's will. But if he answered it when we prayed it, we wouldn't be able to handle the answer. Trust me, it's true. How many of you have ever had a child ask you for something, oh, sure, someday, but if I gave it to you now, it would ruin you. God does the same thing. So what does God do? While we're persevering in prayer, God prepares the answer for us, and he goes to work preparing us for the answer. He not only knows what you need, But he also knows when you need what you need. When you need what you need. Now, here's what's going on when you have to persevere in prayer. Because there's a couple of things in my life I've been persevering for, for for a long time now. And I'm not, well, I get discouraged sometimes. But I always remember, see, there's something going on behind the scenes that I can't see. There's all kinds of things. God is moving in ways I'm not aware of. And I know that he's working and I don't have to see it to know that he's answering my prayer. So I've learned just to keep on persevering in prayer. And I've noticed that when you persevere in prayer, it always does three things. It develops your faith. It drives you deeper into the word and it hammers patience into your souls. I want patience, Lord, I want it now. God says, you know how you get patience? When you've got to wait for something and then wait some more and then wait some more. And the more you have to wait and the more you have to persevere, the more you trust God. It develops our faith when we persevere. Let me tell you something about the persevering going on in your life. Some of you are persevering in a relationship. You're persevering in a job. You're persevering w- with a prayer And and, and you've made the request, and you're between the request and the answer, and you're having to persevere. Let me tell you something. God's hand is all over that to build the character that will enable you to handle what he's bringing into your life. Listen to what the Bible tells us, Romans 5, 3. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. Now, listen to this. They help us learn to persevere. There's that word. Now, follow me in the next verse, and let me show you what perseverance does for you and me. Watch this. Perseverance, Paul says, develops strength of character in us, helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady eddy let me show you these things watch this what does perseverance do when i am persevering in prayer i come out on the other side with my character strengthened my character has been strengthened and I'm trusting God more than when I started because when I'm having to persevere in prayer, I'm having to remind myself, he's a prayer answering God. I know that he's hearing me every time I pray, and I know his character is trustworthy, and I know that he can't let me down, and I know he's not gonna walk out on me. He's never gonna fail me, never gonna forsake me, and we go through all these things as we persevere in the place of prayer, and so my trust in him grows deeper roots. And finally, my hope and faith are the anchors of my soul come out strong and steady. I'm no longer blown around by every wind of doctrine and every trial and every offense and every little problem and every little thing. I'm not a whiner anymore. I'm a perseverer, persevering prayer now. It's changed me. And I find that Now that I'm done with my persevering prayer, the answer has come. I find that not only has the answer been made ready for me, but now I'm ready for the answer, and I can handle it. There's one more reason that I'm going to go into more next week, but let me tell you one more reason to persevere and give you a little teaser for next week. You have to persevere because you've entered warfare. You have to persevere in prayer because you are involved in spiritual warfare. You are not battling flesh and blood. You're not battling that spouse. You're not battling that boss. You're not battling that neighbor. You're not battling. The, listen, you're not battling human beings ultimately. Paul said our battle is not with human beings but it's with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places and that heavenly place is the second heaven. Paul talked about the third heaven, second heaven. The first heaven is the earthly atmosphere. The second heaven is where spiritual warfare happens. The third heaven is where God dwells. And God can release and answer our way and it runs into warfare and resistance and hindrance in the second heaven. Amen. I'm going to show you that next week through Daniel. Yes, but I want you to listen to what the Bible says. Paul said, look, he said to the Thessalonian church, I have prayed and wanted to come to you over and over again, but Satan hindered me. Warfare. He said the same thing with the Roman church two times. Now, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, that many times I purposed to come to you. I prayed to come to you. I longed to come to you, but I was hindered by the devil. He stopped me. There was a warfare. There was a battle. And then he says, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. What was the cause for which he was hindered? He said, I have wanted to get to you so I could give to you a spiritual gift. I was going to lift you higher. I was going to bless you spiritually. And trying to come to you, I've been hindered. But here's what Paul knew. He understood. Delay is not denial, and delay is not defeat. He said, I'm going to persevere. And he persevered in prayer. He persevered in warfare until finally the breakthrough came. So I've got a word for you today. Some of you are having to persevere. Because the enemy does not want you receiving what God has for you. He doesn't want you enjoying the fruits of your prayer. So he's he's resisting you. And next week I'm going to talk about the prayer of warfare. God sees your effort. He's heard your cry. And he's soon going to show himself to be the God of breakthrough as you persevere in prayer. Can we stand together today? We persevere in prayer. It accumulates in heaven and finally breaks through. We persevere in prayer because it forms our character and it prepares the answer for us and us for the answer. We persevere because the enemy is resisting us. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? And some of you that are in, as a matter of fact, let me just ask you, how many of you can say, Pastor Jeff, I am am in a persevering situation. I'm believing God to do something, and I'm persevering. Let me see. All righty. That's most of us. Then isn't this a good word today from God's word, That an encouraging word that God is moving in ways that you cannot see? Let's lift our hands to him. And as we worship for just a moment, Jacob's going to lead us. And as we do, I want you to give to the Lord what you're persevering with. Say, Lord, I received this word. You haven't told me no. You have said wait and persevere. So, Lord, give me that persevering faith in Jesus' name. I want to leave you with one last word of encouragement. Elijah was praying for it to rain again after three and a half years of drought. And six times he sent his servant to look at the sky and bring him a report. And six times the servant said, there is nothing. Some of you feel that way. The report has come back. There is nothing. What did Elijah do? I've often wondered. What if he had walked away after the fifth report and given up? He said, that's okay. I'll keep praying. The seventh time. The servant came back and said, well, boss, not much. There's a little cloud the size of a man's hand. That's all I see. Elijah said, that's enough for me. You better tell Ahab to get his chariot ready and get back home because it's about to be a deluge. And it came through. It came through. But he had to stay with it seven times. Some of you are going back for the seventh time. Some of you only see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's enough. Prepare your chariot. Because it's about to rain. And I believe that. Amen. Father, we thank you today for the persevering prayer. Thank you for the breakthrough, and thank you for encouraging us to lay hold and not give up. Thank you for taking us to a whole new level of prayer today in Turning Point Church. And every person in this sanctuary, I pray, infuse that fire into their soul to lay hold of God and persevere through. In Jesus' name. If you're glad you came today, say amen. Amen.